Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa la aqibatul mutaqeen wa la udvana illa ala al-zalimeen wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wa al-mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Radio folks, let's uh, get cracking in this election special. MashaAllah. Who's doing the thingy? Who's now replaced? Uh, is it Kirsty Walk? Who's going to do the thing? Limbobby's gone now, isn't he? Who? Is he going to do it? Yeah, he's a bit miskeen, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to election afterwards, right? Let's uh, speak about the last uh, uh, aspects of the makruh matters in the prayer. Because where we ended, well, we have one left, actually. I think. Yeah, we have one left. So, obviously, I'll repeat it because clearly none of you watched the video last week. That's okay, because you guys make your effort and try to make up for it by being on site, isn't it? So, that's all right. Um, so, we are, where are we? Ewa. So, it is... وَأَنْ يَكُونَ حَاقِنًا أَوْ بِحَضْرَةِ طَعَامٍ يَشْتَهِيهِ وَيَشْتَهِيهِ وَتِكْرَرُ الْفَاتِحَةِ لَا جَمْعُ صُوَرٍ فِي فَرْدٍ كَنَفِلٍ Alright, that's the English translation is there because that's the end of a section. Then there's a beginning of a new section وَلَهُ رَدُّ الْمَارِ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ وَعَدُّ الْآيَةِ But يعني leave, leave that. I mean even if we do رَدُّ الْمَارِ that would be amazing but I don't think we will. <laughs> so basically this is the end of the English which says it is reprehensible whilst praying To be in the presence of food he desires, to need the toilet, to be in the presence of food he desires, and to repeat the Fatiha. Okay? To repeat the Fatiha. Now, um, there is another line actually after the Fatiha, to repeat the Fatiha, which should say, um, repeating the Fatiha, to repeat the Fatiha is basically disliked, but not to... Um, not to uh, read multiple surah. What does he say? He says, لَا جَمْعُ سُوَرٍ فِي فَرْدٍ كَنَّفَلٍ But not to combine between surahs in the obligatory prayer and likewise in the optional prayer or the voluntary prayer or the supererogatory prayer. We'll come to that. We'll explain that. All right, so to quickly uh, summarize last week, then it was pretty straightforward and simple that a person who cannot focus on the prayer, they have to get rid of that distraction. And those two things that the, that the author focused on are the two that we all know in our daily lives which dominate our minds. For example, if the food is there and we want to pray and the food is literally available to eat and one who needs to go to the bathroom, okay? Um, these are things that should not be, um, you know, you shouldn't rush through the prayer with the idea that, hey, uh, you know, um, I can last through the prayer. I'm not going to, you know, die of hunger. I'm not going to wet myself. And I'll go straight after. Okay? And in summary, it is hated, disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person treats the prayer in this way, that they devalue the prayer in this way. And especially when Allah has allowed for these for the prayer to be delayed. Especially. So if the if the food is there, then eat it. It's on the table, ready, and it's something that you really want. And that's why the author mentioned the likeness of it. So as I said, I gave the example that you can't yani, just delay the prayer for any old, you know, you know. For example, yeah, 
it does, you know, uh, I don't know anyone who's going to yani, go and uh, have a valid excuse to, to think. Is there anyone actually among the human mankind that actually does like that? Yeah, I said, I said human mankind. No, thank you very much. You're a proper pack, yani. I love it when a guy, yani, he says, Good for diabetes. This is the pack line that we've learned, heard from him. I think my mom's told me since I was maybe one years old, this is good for diabetes. Mom, I don't have diabetes. Yeah? She goes, still is good for diabetes. <laughs> that's her dua. <laughs> she sticks it down my mouth. That's why I don't have diabetes. Tell her, well done, mom. So, yeah. And, but, you know, it is true. It is true that there is a way to cook it and you can get rid of the bitterness. But, no, the quinoa is standard. But you've got to, like, nuke it for, like, three days. No, more than salt. You've got to basically nuclear medicine and a microwave and then boil it. If you keep at it for three days, you will lose. You'll basically get a neutral vegetable taste around your kima. Which begs the question, what the hell is the point? Like the karela, I thought, I spent a long time thinking about this bitter gourd. Oh, why do I, is it gourd or gourd? You messed it up, young man, last week. Oh no, so you was the one who messed up. Oh, no, I messed up mix, mixing up yani, between the two people. Who, who was who? You said gourd. I said gourd, didn't I? And there were some packages are trying to give it goward. Oh, hello, hello, hello. I said, is it gourd or goward? That's what I said. And we said gourd, because of course it's bitter gourd. Yeah? Even though it does look like goward. Anyway, so that, this is the first meaningful, beneficial use of bitter gourd in a fiqh text ever, <laughs> in order to help explain the ruling of the type of food that one can delay the prayer for, bitter gourd would not be one of those categories of food. See how we can bring everything into the fiqh, mashallah, yes. So yeah, so we discussed that. So there's the clear proof that someone didn't watch the video. Okay. So obviously we looked, at <laughs> we looked at all of the exceptions and there are exceptions, right? This is not an outright just general rule. Um, if there's a prayer that is about to expire, then no food is allowed to delay it, right? Um, and then we also looked at, and it is important that you go and review it. It's not a very long lesson, but there were a number of points that we discussed. For example, the fuqaha, they mentioned that if a prayer can be combined, so, for example, if it's dhuhr, which is running out, and you need to go to the toilet, you would mentally say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to pray whilst bursting. But in actual fact, you should go to the toilet and then combine with the asr. Because the majority of scholars allow the combining of dhuhr and asr for a need. And this would be a need. This would not be a norm. Right? So, this kind of thing. So, there are a number of exceptions. And we covered all that last week. So, anyone can go back and check that out. Um, we did mention, of course, that amongst the conditions is not just that it's ready, not just that you like it, but it also should be achievable. Achievable, meaning that it's something that um, is within your control. It can't be like you're next to a restaurant, I can smell the greatest food ever and I love it, so I'm going to delay my prayer when you've got no chance of yani eating there. You get what I'm trying to say? So there's a number of conditions that the scholars put. All right, I think that's clear. The final one then is the repetition or the repeating of the Fatiha. Okay, so a person basically recites it twice or even more than that. And the reason that this is considered to be makruh is because it has never been narrated from the Prophet Okay, and the one 
who does that thinking that this is an act of worship because Fatiha is the greatest thing ever and so you know why I recite it once when I could recite it twice this is obviously any something which is makro because the Prophet didn't do it so what are you playing at? yep simple as that okay um, by the Prophet no, no, okay Oh, I see. So he didn't consider the Fatiha to be the Qur'an, he, he started it again. Yeah, so the interesting thing there, um, anyway, we'll come to that, we'll come to that, we'll come to that in a second. So, so anyway, if this was any good, the Prophet would have done it, he didn't do it, end of story. All right, now let's go into a bit more detail, all right? Sheikh Uthameen on the page of uh, 240 at the top of al Mumtir, he says, لكن إذا كرر الفاتحة لا على سبيل التعبد بل لفوات وصف بل لفوات وصف مستحب فظاهر الجواز. This is something which is very interesting. Sheikh says, what about a person who doesn't actually recite the Fatiha uh, twice because he thinks it's an act of worship, but rather he does it to achieve something recommended. He does it to achieve something recommended. Now actually, this is a good point. Who can actually think of what that means? What is he, what is he even trying to describe? Break it down in your own mind. What, what scenario could it possibly be that a person recites the Fatiha, Fatiha a second time to achieve something recommended? You need to think outside the box, yeah. Right, so, so Fahad said that is it because the Prophet ﷺ, you know, he, we know that he recited an ayah repeatedly because it was impacting upon him and so this would be the example. The answer is definitely no and the reason for that is because this recitation of the ayah again and again uh, is part of the recitation of the Qur'an which is very flexible and we're talking about Surah Al-Fatiha which is a rukun of the prayer. The recitation of the Qur'an is not a rukun of the prayer, neither is it an obligation. It's three levels down, it's actually just a recommended matter, right? So no, that's not it. Anyone? Correction? Perfection. Perfection. So this is what we just mentioned before. Perfection, if that was an objective in the prayer out of reciting, by reciting the Fatiha twice, then the Prophet would have done it. The fact that he didn't do it means there's no such concept of perfection. Who can think of the answer here? Anybody online? Reciting Fatiha as a dua, that would not happen... Uh, in the Fatiha That is recommended to recite A surah after Fatiha But the only surah a person knows is the Fatiha um, So this is similar to what Uthman is speaking about And the answer is no Because we don't have that narrated from the Prophet Neither as a scenario Or neither as an indication Or neither as a, as a permission No? I have to say I didn't get it the first time either Think To make it easier Think of an imam situation Excellent, well done. You've got a spot on. All right. The Sheikh says that if there is an Imam that's reciting Salatul Maghrib, something which very commonly happens, and it's happened to me many times, is that you're thinking you're praying by yourself and you're leading the, the, the group of people. Okay? And it's only after you hear the hustle and the rustle and the, the uneasiness 
And normally it's when you've got to the end of Fatiha and you're in your surah that you realize that, oh sugar, I've got people behind me and this is a loud prayer. All right? So what's happened is that you have recited Fatiha. Now remember that we said this in the conditions of the prayer that the saying the prayer out loud is not a condition of the prayer or an obligation. It is a recommendation. Uh, for the, it's a recommendation of the prayer. People might not know this, but um, the five daily prayers, you know, we split them into two types, the sirri and the jahri, the silent and the loud. The fact that they are loud are only loud because it is recommended for the imam to make himself heard. Does that make sense? Right? Honestly, you deserve beats. You're not yani, getting around me like that. <laughs> Are they supporting the whole sweet thing? <laughs> Who's got the 57 plate? What? What is it? Citroen C1. Citroen C1. 57 plate, Citroen C1. Blue. The light is on the inside. Okay, yallah. Okay. Do you support the giving out of sweets? No. No. Well done. You know what? You go and save yourself. Well done, bro. We'll wait for you to come give, back. Give yeah. No, 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 no. He doesn't want anyone to be ruined by the sweets. We have a rule. No sweets. No food. No this. So what's, what's happening this? You don't know the football results. We've had, we've had that for eight years. What football results? I was just looking at the time for whatever, trying to work out what football results. Man United aren't playing. That's the only thing that matters. Allah. We, for one week we did. <laughs> for one game. For one game we did. Yeah, see, we did you a favor. We're always doing other people favors. Allah. So, uh, so, so, I'm a rock, by the way. With harsh, sharp edges. No, yara. So, the imam. So, yeah, what I'm saying is that the loudness of the prayer is because the imam helps us in letting us know, right? And the more sweeter and the more beautiful he makes the prayer, the better, etc., etc. So that's an important point to remember, right? Therefore, if the imam, just to, to, to follow that through, if the imam suddenly in Salatul Maghrib went, uh, you know, Allahu Akbar, everyone, Allahu Akbar, and you know, everybody's waiting, and then the imam then goes, Allahu Akbar, into Ruku'a, okay? You must follow that imam. The prayer is completely and utterly valid. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What he didn't do was to miss the sunnah of reciting out loud. You get the point? You're right. This is the example that Shaykh Uthameen is saying. That here in this scenario, he's fulfilled the condition of the prayer by reciting. However, what he didn't do is to recite it in the recommended manner aloud. So he goes back and recites it again. Out loud because he wants to achieve something recommended. Does that make sense? So this is why Sheikh said that if there is a scenario uh, such as, is it possible? So anyway, is this allowed? Answer is, yes, this is allowed. This is allowed. So therefore, what, we've, what we can pick up from this is that there are exceptions to the kiraha. The dislike nature of reciting the Fatiha, there, is, there, are, um, uh, there are exceptions. And the, other, the other example, which is a very, very uh, dangerous one, Sheikh Uthameen endorses it wholeheartedly, but you'll see in a second that he's going to start pulling back, okay? And that is istihdar. 
Now, istihdar, basically, uh, uh, remember what we said, whenever we have ist at the beginning of a word, it means to search and seek for that thing. So what does istihdar mean? To seek this position of hadar. Yeah? What is hadar? What's hadar? Al ihdar. Uh, presence, yeah, from uh, Hazar, Urdu, yani, you know, Hazir. When we say someone is Hazir, it means he's here. Hazir is the actual, you know, it's just packs, you know, destroying the Arabic language. So, Hazir means I'm present. Hazir is the pack way, yeah? So, Istihdar means to be, to want to be present, which basically means to be in the moment. That's what Istihdar means. So, Islamically speaking, it means that you are feeling every ayah, knowing the ayah, connecting with the ayah, and what the Sheikh is saying, and this has happened sometimes as well. I'm sure that many of you have experienced this. I certainly have. You start, Allahu Akbar, Ameen. And then you start, and so you're thinking, my goodness, what happened there? Like, you know, you actually pull on the brakes right there and then. So that was a disaster, that was. Yeah? And so you start again, and you, you know, Alhamdulillah, you just wait, enjoy it a little bit. So this is the second example of when it is permissible to repeat the surah because there was no istihdar. Now, listen to what Sheikh says. Um, he says, وَأَرَادَ أَنْ يُكَرِّرَهَا لِيَحْدَرَ قَلْبَهُ فِي الْقِرَاءَةَ فَإِنَّ هَذَا تِكْرَارْ لِشَيْءٍ مَقْصُودٍ شَرْعًا وَهُوَ هُذُورُ الْقَلْبِ لكن إن خشي أن ينفتح عليه باب الوسواس فلا يفعل. Now I get asked this question all the time, and I close the door all the time. I am not interested in telling people that they should recite the Fatiha again because they've had a rubbish prayer. Because everybody's prayer is rubbish, and your prayer is always going to be rubbish. And if you are believing that the way to fix it is to recite the Fatiha again. Then the next one you want to recite the surah again and you will recite the tasbih again and you'll want to pray again and you're going to be a bag of nerves and you'll be in the mental department and within literally two days. And this is the start of waswas. And in fact, this is waswas. And it's from the mercy of our... And I think I covered this in detail, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Surely, I'm sure I did. Yeah, did, did I? No? I'm sure I spoke about the, 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 the not repeating of things. No? Mesa, did I do that? Did I not do that? I'm sure I did that in a lot of detail. But anyway, again, I'll repeat this again. That, you know, we used to joke actually back in the day that the, 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 the most relevant, uh, uh, the most relevant uh, common sense uh, adhkar that we have in Islam is astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah when the prayer finishes. Because, you know, you know, you just messed that one up as usual. And so you're already and you're seeking repentance for the disaster that just went forth couple of seconds before. The truth is, is that it has been legislated for exactly that reason. The truth is, yeah, of course I did. I, I covered, I told you the hadith that the man comes and stands in the prayer and he takes a tenth and another one comes and he takes a, uh, an eighth and, 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 and I was basically saying that at maximum you're taking a half, right? Meaning that already when a person prays, you're on a beating to nothing. You're already struggling against shaitan who's already got the one up on you. You've got all of your tools. Your tools are proactive, which is to learn the language, understand yani, the moment, use your emotions, bring your day into it, bring your future into it, yani, be an, a living, actual process. Your tools are to use the legality 
uh, the legal variances, raising the hands, sometimes not raising the hands, yani changing the positions, reading long surahs, learning new du'as. So that's in your hands as well to make the prayer living. And then the other one is to then uh, a defensive approach, which is not learning anything, but knowing what to do when you are under attack. So for example, the dry spit to the left, to say, to know that the shaitan is at you and the waswas is coming, to go into the prayer knowing that from the very first second you're going to be under attack, so you've got to be focused. So it's not very uh, proactive in that you're going to bring new things to the game, but you know you're going to be under attack, so you're going to be always, as soon as your mind wanders, you're going to bring it straight back into line. So this is the constant battle of every single prayer. So every single prayer is almost deficient before it even starts. So if that's the basic reality and we start telling the people, Okay, if we start treating the spirit of the prayer like the letter of the prayer, we've completely destroyed everybody. Because the letter of the prayer is a piece of cake. If someone comes to me and says, you know what, I forgot to do a ruku'ah in, in the second raka'ah of my dhuhr, go back and pray and do it. Easily measurable, rarely happens, yani silly thing to do, and he probably won't do it again. And he learns his lesson and he repeats the prayer. So this is the letter of the law, and we apply the letter of the law very strictly with like on what, seven years, only three volumes. Because this is the letter of the law, that's how detailed we go into. As for the spirit of the law, which is, here's the prayer, the most obligatory act of worship, the most legal act of worship that we have, the most studied and so on and so forth, and he has a rubbish one. He can't remember what he said. He doesn't remember what the imam recited in first rakah. He didn't whatever, whatnot. If we were to treat this like the letter of the law, if we were to make istihdar to be in the presence of the prayer, a rukun of the prayer, then no one would fulfill the rukun of the prayer. And if we start telling people who come to us, I had a bad prayer, to pray again, then they'll be praying again all of their lives. And that's why the second point as an exception is not really an exception. Okay, we have to be very, very careful. I think that educated, I don't want to say normal people, but educated, intelligent, maybe uh, intelligent Muslims, practicing Muslims, they know in uh, stable Muslims, well, good Aqidah Muslims, they will know when they messed up the odd prayer and for them it's allowed. You got what I'm saying? They will know when, you know what, that father was a complete disaster. What are you doing, son? Say that again. Yep. And it's got to be one a year, one every six months. It can't be. Because the second you start to think about doing that again, you're on that slippery slope. And honestly, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. It's the same as the person being told, are you really sure that you're covering that elbow properly? He's never ever worried about that in his entire life when making wudu. And then for the rest of his life, he's always looking at his elbow when he is making wudu. Always checking like this. So it's a disaster, right? It goes, and there are many things like this. And OCD, was was. this is where they interlink. And, you know, it becomes a mess. So we have to be careful. All right, so on that point, so just to continue what Sheikh says, um, it, it goes... If this is going to open the door of waswas, then we don't want to even allow this type of repetition of the Fatiha. Because some people, when this situation happens, then a lot of waswas times happening. And then, you know, for example, he will, he will you know, be not happy with one ayah, so he'll repeat it again. And then he will repeat it again. And then he'll keep on doing that and so on and so forth until he becomes very, very difficult uh, upon himself. And look, listen to what he says here, which is really interesting. He goes that to the extent that this person will become so strict and harsh upon himself, yani not, refu- not accepting the prayer from himself, that Allah will become strict upon him. 
And this is similar to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which the Prophet ﷺ told the Muslims not to ask too many questions. Okay? Because you don't want to make everything haram for yourself. Now this does not mean that we are avoiding the haram halal. It's making it clear that Allah has already told us what is halal and haram. You don't need to go any further. Don't go and do what the Jews did. This is a very, very clear warning. And it may be, and I, you know, Dr. Shazad, I think it'd be interesting for you to make a point here, but the last couple of months, dealing with a few people who are having waswas hardcore, and I would give them a very clear path to what to do to, to you know, fix it. So if the doubt comes on your mind, ignore it. You're th I know you think that you haven't prayed it. I'm telling you now. I've given you the fatwa so you can go to sleep, yani safe and sound, and I will take the blame for you. That you don't need to repeat that again. You've done it. Okay? I've said to you now, what more do you want? You tried your best. You repeated a hundred times. You came to me. I gave you a fatwa that you do never, never, ever need to worry about this again. As soon as you stand for this prayer, you can assume that it's covered it and, and so on and so forth. And I'll tell you something. That's a risky statement for me to make, by the way, because I've taken accountability for this guy's actions forever. But I do it because I know that that's my obligation to help someone. And I believe in what I'm saying. And if this person, I see him again and he's saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I often think to myself that sometimes he becomes his own worst enemy, even when there is a clear treatment path. What are you saying in that? <coughs> Probably for their sort of illness. I mean, milder illnesses, yeah, there are. I mean, I think from a, your perspective, there's an obligation that person to seek help and treatment as well. Yeah. So there are techniques, psychological techniques, whether it's distraction or thought stopping or having formal therapy and medication. But, but the severity is important because in severe OCD, I think the ruling that you said before in terms of you know, insanity applies as well. Because those people aren't going to be helped by things that you say or other people say, or even therapy medication sometimes. They are crippled by their illness. Do you come across patients <laughs> where you say to yourself, this person is genuinely causing this himself, as opposed to a medical deficiency <coughs> or hormonal deficiency or medicated, the need for medication? Do you come across and say, this person really is their own worst enemy? Yani, being a person who is, in my, to my mind, entirely rational in absolutely everything except this small thing. It just does not make sense why they're not getting this particular thing. It's almost like they're beating themselves with a point and where they've been given an exit for this problem. Entirely rational in everything else. So it's not following the normal treat way, uh, a, path, a, path, a pathway towards OCD completely or insanity or mental health problems in a, in, a, in a wide area or like in a diffuse area that affects many of his things like the prayer, the wudu. You don't normally find someone who has waswas that it doesn't just affect one small thing. It's a mindset and it comes across. What I'm saying, is it possible to say that it's something so ultra-specific in a person who's entirely rational and normal that might make you think that this person really is not being rational about this? Well, that's possible, but then I wouldn't put that in OCD. Because people who have OCD, they are very distressed by those thoughts, and they recognize they're not rational, but they can't help it. Mm. Yeah? There's a big distinction in what you're describing and what we would describe as OCD. Mm. So I wouldn't put those in those categories at all. Because this statement, while I was reading it on, and it really affected me, you know, that subhanAllah, a person has tashdeed upon himself, he becomes so yani, consumed by himself, so Allah yani, makes him continue to be consumed by that. It's yani, indicating, almost, I mean, from here it's indicating that Allah has made it clear that you are relieved of this and you don't want to relieve yourself, right? It's what, it's what we 
in a much lesser, much more less serious way uh, when we say that there are people out there who are more religious than the religion itself. Yeah, they genuinely, you know, come across. And I, you meet those people all the time. They've got this Josh and Hamas, which they create like in a pseudo way where it's just not needed. You know, and you're not proving your, your faith to me by you being super strict and super kind of on point on this particular point. Like a classic example is fasting, right? And fasting in a, in a, in a gathering. I mean, this is something which used to be so cussed back in the days of the Salaf, yeah? And today it's making, a, you know, not making a comeback, but it's been present throughout society all the years. And that is like people who fast in the face of others who are not fasting and making a point of it. And not necessarily making a point of it in a proactive way, but in a reactive way, knowing that, like for example, going to a party, not telling anybody, but saying I'm fasting. Not saying I'm fasting, but then when the pressure comes on them, or not even the pressure, not even having a verbal conversation, but being at a party and not eating anything. You don't need to tell everybody, you don't need to tell people you're fasting to show that you're fasting. This is Aib. This is, you know, and I remember Al-Hassan al-Basri used to call these people out hardcore in front of the public when they were fasting like that. And more religious than religion itself. So often a person believes that, no, I've got to get this right in a way that they rationalize to themselves, which is a very dangerous uh, word to go, uh, uh, you know, path to take. And that's why Sheikh says that perhaps that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes difficulty for that person because them insisting to make things difficult for themselves. I think you described there as more personality. You know, people are obsessional in the personality sense, perfectionists, for example. Yeah. But what, what, what is the line of narcissism, perfectionism, into mental health? And, and bro, that's why we pay you all the money, yara. Yeah. yeah. Can it not be something to do with... The one who's repeating the prayer, you mean like this? Yeah. yeah. Is it not something to do with the fact that you feel guilty about something, so you want to get it sorted? No doubt about it. There's no other intention for that person other than, I've messed this up, I've got to do it better. You know I mean, like you've committed a sin, and you want to repent, and you want to uh, try to uh, show yourself that you've committed. Why would you do that then with the Fatiha specifically though? No, I'm just saying, is, is that not part of I don't think so, no. No, this, 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 this particular example is not to do with specific sin. No. No, 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 no. It's not specific sin. Uh-huh. Something that you feel guilty about so that you're trying to perfect yourself in such a way to make up for that thing that you feel guilty about. Is that not what's causing the mental health? Um, the fact that you can't forgive yourself. So what you're, what, what, you're, what, you're, what you're saying is that you're putting forward an idea for why waswas and this kind of whispering and this rep- could actually happen. So shaitan uh, tricks you into committing a sin, then he plays the waswas on that sin. I mean, anecdotally speaking, for people who have spoken to me who have this problem, oh, yeah, uh, people have asked me, they've not put forward that or, or it has not been apparent that that's the reason. Yourself? Well, two commonest areas that we see these are Contamination is about germs, filth, nudges, for example, kind of thing. So that's where the wudu comes in and having this mystic shower, etc., etc. And the second one is security. So you're checking the doors all the time, the locks and windows, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Guilt isn't usually a primary driver of these things. Right. All right. Okay. Self-loathing for me. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. For every individual that has it, there is some root cause. You're saying that the problem is that we don't do it because we shouldn't do it, or we we don't get a chance to do it. Yeah. 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 Hmm. No, good. Jazakallah khair. You see, the problem is. Uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. It's just that sometimes, you know, like self loathing or guilty over something. The reason I said it is because many, many rape victims, whether it's, uh, whether it's child molestation, usually it is, because child molestation, you don't know anything. Uh, they become OCD, they have a certain way of doing things. And it's usually because they feel guilty, like they've done something wrong. And it expresses itself in... Yeah, yeah, just generally, medicinally speaking. So you're saying that it's all, uh, so the, the guilt of that situation and their role in that situation expresses they itself... They've done nothing wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their own guilt, guilt, it expresses itself in OCD in behavior. OCD. Mm. So I'm just trying to contrast that with Muslims that you might have committed a sin or you think you might have committed a sin and you can't forgive yourself for it. Just like the so here's my take on it. That's why I said anecdotally speaking, meaning the people that I see. And I probably get to see more people than the doctor, the specialist, okay, who is the specialist in OCD, right? And that's because most people don't see it as a, religion, as a medical problem, right? What's worse, they just see it as a, this is happening in my deen, you're a scholar of deen, fix it for me. And the truth is, the truth is that this uh, is a mindset. And um, it's actually not as, in the majority of people, I want to say, it's not as sophisticated or, or, or complicated or uh, uh, like you're mentioning. Yours is a very detailed, well-studied pathway, which is no doubt in certain people. But in the majority, it's just misunderstanding of the religion. It's genuine not understanding that Allah has allowed laxity in this issue. And, yeah, you know... Absolutely. Now, the reason why... Why does he have to say that many, many times? Because people do believe that it, it has to be difficult. Now, um, I have spoken about this before, actually, in detail and recently, but I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again, that when I'm with the Hajj group, okay, and the Umrah group, that their version comes forth, which is actually worse in my mind than the prayer version. The, the Hajj and Umrah version is? No, not, not necessarily. What, what's what, what's the, 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 the corollary in Hajj and Umrah to this problem? Huh? Uh, no, because that's a kind of, Yani, anybody? Huh? Well, that also happens, but at the, at the, at the, at the, you're talking big things. I'm talking at the small level. No? I think what people need to be reminded of is that Allah is the most merciful, the most forgiving, not the most strict. Indeed, indeed. But this is where it, where it comes back down to where it comes to the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. 
But yeah, the, the, the expression here is that you'll find people that will, that will say, right, I want to pay my dam in advance. They pay the dam, they basically want to pay the expiation for the mistakes before the mistakes even happen, which is a madness. It's a madness. And that, by the way, is completely normal in the mindsets of so many Muslims. So many Muslims, okay? Especially culturally. Huh? Well, yeah, and even to pay out, yeah. In fairness, they don't say that before, but they say it afterwards, but it might as well have been said before, because they say it afterwards. So like we're all done and we're all yani, you know, there discussing and reviewing, and then someone will come up and say, right, okay, where do we pay our dumb? Like, you know, what the heck? Yani, the reason that you came with me is to make sure we don't even feel the concept of a dumb. Do you know what I mean? So uh, 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 if you know what to, what's to be done, you spend all this time studying it, then you go out and do it, why on earth do you think that you've messed it up, except a person who genuinely does not have confidence in their own expression of this act. Now, this is, a, is becoming a syndrome. It really is, genuinely is. This idea that I have to now pay in advance. And, uh, yeah, as Uthman said, as uh, Dr. Abid just said, the other expression, taking it to a whole different level, is that after the whole thing's done, they say, right, I'm going to have to do it again, because that was my first one. Now, listen. If they were following the sunnah, saying, I want to do another one, because it's a sunnah to do another one, that would be fabulous. That is a sunnah. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, what's between the hajj and the hajj expiates, everything between. What's between the umrah and the umrah expiates, what's in between. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, perform hajj and umrah as much as possible, because it destroys poverty. If you're doing it for that reason, great. But this idea that my first time is always going to be messed up, that's wrong. That's wrong. Everything is based upon your knowledge, and you study and you do it to the best of your ability, and it's done. Can you imagine if we were now going around telling people they spent their whole life saving up for their one hajj, and they're basically saying, well, you know, it was your first one, so you have to do it again, aren't you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? We've basically gone and said, Allah has obligated one, but we obligate two. And the Muslims have obligated two upon themselves. So again, this is all the same root. This is the same root. This waswas, I haven't done it properly. Anyway, so that's the issue of uh, 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 thing. Let's take some uh, uh, questions uh, here. You know, Solange, let me tell you that I was telling Shazad to buy this really nice microphone, podcast one, you know, the one has got arms and road and year or whatever, like, you know, so I feel better when I'm speaking into it and my voice will come across silky and not that it's not silky at the moment, but I mean, <laughs> even more silky, yeah? But uh, he said that if we do that, then you won't be able to hear the audience because it's super specific. So, this snowball, this beast here, is a beast because it picks up everything. Or nearly everything. So, anyway, yeah. So, I had a concern when I was younger that I would spend 30 minutes during, doing wudu to the extent that my skin was being damaged. I would redo my wudu multiple times for every salah. I would say bismillah for 20 minutes pre-wudu. But in other aspects of life, I was fine. My struggle was purely to do with the Islamic aspect. And that's the, probably the most common expression uh, of it. Um, so Sumer is asking, are you 100% sure that such a person has no other OCD or history or maybe projecting some other issues into tikrar of salah? Yani, I, no, I, I don't think so. I think that the repetition of the prayer is the beginning of 
waswas and OCD. And that's what Shaykh Uthameen says as well. From a scholarly point of view, we see this so often from people who clearly don't have OCD but are at the beginning parts of it. And we knock it dead right there so it doesn't develop. We tell the people, don't repeat, don't do this, don't do that. Now, you see, there's a fine balance between being really clear on the legal realities of something and then us then letting people off, okay, so that people don't have doubts. Like, for example, there's a real major issue with, uh, uh, you know, people trusting uh, what Allah said, لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا يعني Allah said that repeating the dua of the people, putting the words into our mouths that we should say, رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا Our Lord, don't hold us to account, meaning don't make us have to pay if we mess up because of forgetting or making a mistake. In the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah, He says when the Muslim says that, He says, قَدْ فَعَلْتْ Indeed, I have granted you that. Alright, I won't hold you accountable. So, we know that Allah told us the dua to make to ask Him, we did it, he said Ameen, we said Ameen, job done, and still when we make the mistake, we're thinking, right, we're going to have to, you know, do absolutely everything and whatever. Now, this is not because of illness, this is because of religious, yani fervor, the desire to not mess things up, to, you know, to make our best, uh, whatever, but it goes too far, and when, it go, when we allow it to go too far, it develops into OCD, what's worse. You get my point? So it comes from a good place. It comes from an uncertain you know, did I do the best thing possible? Did I really do it? Etc. Etc. And sometimes it comes from a real, like for example, the issue of eating and drinking, or marital relations during one's one's, one's fasting. Okay. Now here's the here's the irony. If you and this is so common. Today, in fact, I was asked this question. Okay, um, uh, eating, drinking, right? You just say to them the hadith, and or, or you just say to them. You know, Allah fed you, Allah gave you to drink, and you know, continue to fast. You say marital relations, person's going into breakdown. Because they're thinking the hadith of 60 days, yani feed 60 people, 60 days of continuous fasting, blah, blah. They're all like, whatever, whatnot. Now, the truth is, is that even though that's there, and that is a big sledgehammer that's about to crack your head and your life open, yeah? However, the fact that it happened came from the same place that we've forgiven... The eating and the drinking. It doesn't matter that it's so more serious than the eating or drinking. You get what I'm saying? And it's really interesting to see the public reaction to it. Like they cannot put it on the same level. And the scholar's reaction to it that says, no problem. Like, no problem. Like, like that. And they're like, to the extent that the person says, come on man, you're treating it like as if just, I've just eaten or drank. And the scholar says, that's exactly what I'm trying to yani, make it clear to you. That if you've made a mistake, then you've made a mistake whether it's relations, whether it's kufr, whether it's drinking, whether... You get what I'm trying to say? So, it's that... I, I, I want to say that it's often from that lack of confidence and that lack of trust in Allah. And as a brother said as well, sometimes we believe that Allah is not just the, you know, the most merciful, but He's the most strict, which He isn't, right? So, anyway. Um, so, that's that point uh, there. Solange is not happy with this microphone, is she? She's not happy with this microphone. Does not the fact that tikrar was not done by the Prophet ﷺ carry more weight than repeating from one's own accord, believing in a recommendation? Could one argue that it is bid'ah? No, it, of course it is bid'ah. What we said is that there is an exception to it. That exception is not 
covered by this point because the Prophet ﷺ didn't make the mistake of being silent in a loud prayer. We're giving the example of someone who is in that scenario due to a mistake of theirs. Okay? Um, if you recite it aloud by mistake, does this count as having added something to the salah? So that one needs to make sajda sahum. And that's going to come up next week. I thought that we might get to it this week, but we're not. That's going to come up next week when it comes to the issue of stopping the person who uh, prays. Right? No, no, sorry, beg your pardon. Beg your pardon. Sorry, just forget that. It is in this area. There are some scholars, by the way, that said that if you recite the Fatiha again, you have invalidated the prayer. Why? Because of what Salanj just said. The Fatiha is a rukan, and you've gone and added another rukan to the prayer. All right? You know and I know that if we intentionally, intentionally we're talking about, did three sajda, the prayer is invalidated. There and then, bam. You did five raka'ah instead of four for dhuhr. Intentionally is... So why not, these scholars said, reciting Surah Al-Fatiha twice, for whatever reason you've decided, but you do it, it's a rukan. That's a good point, that. And that's what Salanj is, is basically referring to. And the answer to that is that there's a difference between actions which are actions in the prayer and those which are verbal statements when it comes to arkan. So the arkan, they are not, those which are stated verbally are not as serious as those which are acted out. So if a person was to recite, for example, yeah, the Fatiha again for a reason, it is not in the same category as the, you know, doing a physical rukan action a number of times. And on that is the, cons not the consensus, but the vast majority of the scholars. So that's response to, uh, response to, uh, to Solange there. Is that, uh, I think we're, we're caught up with that, yeah? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, do you think there is a link? Uh, did I understand that the Hanafis don't have... Dina, where are you going, bro? Bro, you want to slow down. We'll take your questions at the end. Let's just deal with this right, right, right now. So are we saying it is okay to repeat an ayah of the Fatiha if it resonates with you? No, we're not saying that, because that is opening the door to bid'ah. We do not have a statement of the Prophet ﷺ in which he repeated any ayah of the Fatiha. We don't. And what we do have is in the flexible areas. This is an inflexible, very clear, very set yani, portion of the ritual part of the prayer. Okay? Do you think there is a link between waswas and consciousness being aware of our own actions? I second guess myself in salah when I haven't given it my entire attention. I don't know. Sometimes I think we can get a bit too carried away. Who doesn't second guess themselves in the prayer? Right? Or is that just me? <laughs> oh my God. What's worse? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, we'll come back to the, those later. Right. So now let's just finish off this uh, text here. Um, so it's not, it says, hated to repeat the Fatiha twice, to uh, repeat the Fatiha, not though to combine between. Uh, surahs in the fard prayer such as it is not uh, 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 disliked to combine between surahs and the nafal prayer so it's allowed in both prayers why is it allowed to do that why are you allowed to repeat different surahs in the prayer because of the hadith, uh, the hadith of Hudayfa ibn Yaman radiallahu anhu that he prayed with the Prophet sallallahu one night and the Prophet sallallahu recited Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Nisa and Surah Ali Imran in one raka'ah in the night prayer. Okay, that hadith we mentioned I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, authentic hadith. Um, 
And the principle is whatever is allowed in the nafal prayer is allowed in the obligatory prayer unless there is an evidence to prohibit it. And whatever is allowed in the obligatory prayer is obligatory to be done in the supererogatory prayer. Now going reverse, unless there's an evidence which Yani says it's not obligatory, which says that doesn't it's not obligatory. Because the basic principle is that they are the same in ruling. So I repeat again that anything which is allowed in the nafal prayer is allowed in the obligatory prayer unless there is a dalil to show that it's not. We've been using that, for example, when it comes to the changing of niyyah, when it comes to the moving of person in the prayer, etc., etc. So yani we, the nafal prayer is a source of information for our obligatory prayer unless there's an evidence which prohibits it. And likewise, if something occurs in the obligatory prayer, then it needs to occur in the nafal prayer as well unless there's an evidence which... So for example, we know that the Prophet ﷺ has said that it is not allowed to walk or move in the prayer. Okay? Or be on something which is walking or moving in the prayer. That means the obligatory prayer. However, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, 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 and therefore, this is, should be the rule for nafal prayer. We can't move, we can't do anything. Until the Prophet ﷺ suddenly gets onto a camel and starts praying the sunnah which indicates to us that therefore it's allowed uh, to do this because of a delil. The exception is there because of an evidence. Um, the, Prophet, the, 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 the evidence for this principle is actually this particular act of the Prophet ﷺ praying on a camel. The companions, when they told us about this, that when the Prophet ﷺ was on a journey, he would pray on his ride, they, and that he would do witr also on the actual ride itself, they said, Except that we saw that he did not pray the obligatory prayers on it. So when an evidence specifies these things, then you know that there is a differentiation. So we know therefore that the obligatory prayers are exactly as they always have been, not allowed to be done on a moving whatever, unless there's an exceptional reason. Whereas the witr and the sunnah prayers, they are allowed. And that's something which is noted by Imam Bukhari in the chapter of the shortening of the prayer. And uh, hadith number 1097. Yes, Hamza. Yeah, so the plane, so the plane situation occurs and the ship and the, and the train because there's no other option. All right. We already said that if a person's at an airport, they've got to think in advance and combine the two prayers, the prayer that's of that time, the prayer that's going to be on the plane, and they do it on land in the airport. So they're not doing it when they're moving. However, if they're on an eight, nine flight, eight or nine hours, and there's going to be the next prayer is going to come in, then you can't do that here, obviously. And so therefore, so the person tries their very best to avoid praying on a moving uh, platform, sitting down, for example. But if the need is there, then they're allowed to do it because the prayer would expire, because it'd be too difficult, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. Is the ruling not the same? The ruling is the same for all modes of transport that cannot give you another alternative. We cannot make a qiyas with a personal car versus a passenger bus, passenger airplane, because you are in control of that car. You are able to pull over. You Correct, yeah. The, 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 the ruling is different to from a, a small, you know, your own personal car, but the ruling of a bus 
and transport and train and plane, which is a general one, is the same. Your per personal X, you can have your own personal plane, the ruling would still be different because it's under your control, right? Lala. <laughs> right, so uh, now, and just to finish this off, then, what else can we say? So therefore, the, the fard and the, uh, and the sheikh says something interesting here. He goes, if the fard and the sunnah or the fard and nafil prayers were not the same, if they were not the same, then there would be no point in mentioning this hadith, that the, uh, but he would do this yani, like this and he would do it different yani, in the obligatory prayer. There'd be no point to the actual statement. So the fact that this statement yani, has been mentioned clear shows that this principle exists. So, um, so we know that it's permissible for you to recite two surahs, three surahs in the same rakah. Two, we can, we can say also that it's permissible to do them for the random. It doesn't have to be, you know, قُلْ falaq followed by قُلْ nas. In actual fact, the Prophet ﷺ went from Baqarah to An-Nisa back to Ali Imran. So order is also not important if they're a complete surah. Number three, the other evidence is that we know that in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that uh, the, 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 I can't remember who the Sahabi was, the hadith Sahih, but he said that the, I saw the Prophet ﷺ recite قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ in every single rak'ah. So this is why many scholars consider it to be a sunnah to either all the time or some of the time, some of the time is my position, to add Surah Ikhlas to every surah that you recite in the prayer. So it's very rare opinion that it's in every uh, rakah because the scholars understood this hadith to be the number of prayers that this person saw, okay? Which compared to the vast uh, other prayers that he prayed and the lack of a similar statement from the majority of companions would indicate that this was not done all the time at all, but rather done only here and there to show that it's permissible. So therefore, yes, it's allowed to do that. So therefore, this principle of combining surahs is allowed. Which raises a question. Mas'ala Sheikh says, هَلْ تَفْرِيقُ السُورَةِ فِي الرَّكَعَتَيْنِ جَائِزْ أَمْ لَا Is it possible to split a surah between two raka'ah? Split one surah between two units? Yes? It is. Okay. Any exceptions? If it's a very short one. What's the evidence for that? So there are some scholars that said that you have to have a minimum number of verses. We covered that, I think, about four or five months ago. There are a certain number of verses that have to be recited to be valid, right? As recitation. We covered that. And you know that my opinion is, is that there is no minimum because it's not even required to recite yani a sunnah, uh, recite surah in the prayer. However, if a person is reciting, then the majority said one, one ayah and then others said, no, it's got to be three, i.e. to go with the smallest surah that exists in the Quran. Um, so, yes, if you're going from that angle, then you might, when you say short, then you're basically what your your point is you can't split a short surah. But what about a short one like Wadduha, for example? So you're saying short is only only two short surahs then in the Quran. <laughs> okay, go on, Allah. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Is there any exceptions? Yeah. 
What's the exception to this rule then? First of all, first of all, the reason it's permissible is because it is well established from the Prophet ﷺ that he would recite uh, in the Sunnah of, of, of Salatul Fajr one ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah, "Qulu Amanna Billah," and uh, in the second uh, rak'ah, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago as well, he would recite from Surah Al-Imran, "Qul Ta'ala." Uh, so this is uh, it is a regular occurrence, Acor- according to some of the companions. It is a sunnah actually to recite. Like we all know, قُلْ يَوْلْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُلَوْ أَهَدْ is a sunnah. There are others though that said that it's not a permanent sunnah. It's a sunnah to sometimes recite in the Salatul Fajr sunnah قُلْ يَوْلْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُلَوْ أَهَدْ and at other times, these two. You mean is the evidence... You mean, is the fact that the, 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 the Prophet ﷺ recited it in that prayer specific, okay? And what, what was the principle that we just established? So this would help, isn't it, yeah? yeah. That would help just a bit. The Prophet ﷺ, the, the, the principle that we just said is that whatever is established in the Sunnah prayer is to say for the obligatory prayer, unless there's an evidence which says no. Yeah. So that's something that we can go with. So, um, so there was the exception. Still, we haven't answered it. Yes. If they said in the Sunnah prayer, when you recite Surah, like someone Sahara would make du'a or istighfar after a certain verse, but in Fard you can't do that. No, no. Sorry. Let me. Let me. Let me. Uh, that's my mistake. I, I mean, what is the exception to splitting a Surah between two rakah? No, no, not the actual surah, but the reason. A reason, not the actual surah. What would be an exception? Obvious one, obvious. The kind of what verse? Huh? The kind of what verse? The what verse? Like for when Correct, yeah. When it would be insufficient in terms of meaning. Uh, like uh, Sheikh gives the example of Lam Yalid. You know, if the person said, And then said, Allahu Akbar. Right now, ironically, that's actually not as bad as Fawailul lil Musalleen in Surah Ma'un because you've just yani, ended on a that's a catastrophic ending because it means yani, you know, curse upon the people who pray. Allahu Akbar, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right, so we need the next ayah to clarify. We need that, yani, those who do this in the prayer. So that's the obvious one. Sheikh Uthaymeen gives a different example. He says, uh, you know, is actually a statement. It's a permissible statement. You know, not begot. And and that he's not begotten is a secondary piece of information. However, there's a flow to it. So even when the flow is interrupted, you shouldn't split the, the surah. Okay? Um... And anyway, we saw, but still, it is allowed to split between an ayah, to split between a surah. Uh, the Prophet وسلم, uh, recited some of A'raf in the first raka'ah of Salatul Maghrib, and then the, another part of it in the second raka'ah. So that is uh, authentically narrated as well. Okay? Um, but of course, the person's got to be aware of you know, making prayer too short and so on and so forth. Okay. Hal yaqra min athna'a surah? Am la. Is it permissible to suddenly pick randomly from the middle of a surah? 
Normally people start from the beginning or at the end. What about, yani, you know, favorite ayat in the middle? And just and the answer is yes, because of the hadith we just mentioned. Because when the Prophet ﷺ did that in the Sunnah of Salatul Fajr, the ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah is 136 out of nowhere, 136 bam. And the ayah of Surah Al-Imran that he recited in the second raka'ah, قُلْ تَعَالَوْا قُلْ يَا أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلْمَةٍ سَوَاءَ بَيْنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ is verse 64. So that's the proof there. Um, and that's it. And the Shaykh basically, again, he repeats that the basic principle is that whatever is established in Nafil prayer is then to be applied in the obligatory prayer unless there's an evidence which, which goes against it. And that's the, that's the Nafil. We put it in the Fard and that's it. So we'll stop there because next week what starts is um, the chapter of or the sub-chapter on what is permissible to do in the prayer. Okay? which is obviously lots of interesting things, but it starts with something very interesting, which I think needs an introduction as well, because it's the Raddul Mar, and that's full of controversy. All the sisters, Yani, need to be definitely coming, because we're going to talk about women, and black dogs, and donkeys, and women love that behavior, all right? So, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, uh, area. So, Mozambique got it right, the meaning would change, yeah. In the same in the same raka'ah, or you mean in the oh, next one? one. Yeah. Uh, so this is a good question, which would be a, an extension of this. If you are reciting a surah from somewhere in a surah in the first raka'ah, does the same? I'm guessing you're talking about surahs as opposed to within a surah. So within surahs, no problem. Okay. So we've just already proved that because the Prophet ﷺ recited um, in the first raka'ah. Uh, Al-Baqarah and Al-Nisa and then Al-Imran so that's the proof within the Raka'ah and then the next one was Ma'idah in one narration okay so it's allowed so for example to do Qulhullah Ahad in the first Raka'ah and then do Wal-Asr in the second there's no problem with this there are some scholars by the way Imam Al-Nawawi he writes about this he said that the only time that this is disliked is well there's a few scenarios when it's disliked one when this is a person's habit okay they keep doing it which is indicating like a disrespect to the rest of the surahs the second time that this is not liked is when a person keeps missing a surah out and like you know because they just maybe they're not too confident about it or they don't like it as much this is also a form of disrespect but this is the area of adab as opposed to halal and haram to answer your question it is allowed for a person to mix up the order uh, 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 in the surahs in between two rakah. Sorry, Waqas, yeah. No, just uh, the question is on that uh, part, yeah, the Yeah, so, you see, the question is, is that there was a Qari who in the Taraweeh prayer, he finished the Quran, and he then, you know how they like to do it, they like to start the Quran again to indicate that this is not something we only do in Ramadan, that the Quran always continues, which to be honest, you know, is a bit of a bit of a, it's the one I like to be honest, yeah? Yeah, and there's some... It is a bit of a, isn't it, bro? No, no, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. It is a little bit dodgy the way that happens, but the, the, it does raise the question that if you are starting the Quran again in the prayer, 
do you count your Surah Al-Fatiha as the Fatiha at the beginning of the Quran? The answer is yes. That's why you never ever hear or see anyone recite Fatiha. Never. Except of Uthman and his masjid. Yeah? <laughs> he didn't. Of course he didn't. See? And I can tell you now that he's probably done that not realizing it. Because, bro, what... <laughs> the, the, the proof Lala, listen You tell Mufti Sahib this The proof is Is that the Asal Mal Which is the first night of Taraweeh He didn't do it <laughs> Now the first night Is what man's is judged upon First night is when All man's come out First night is the big pressure night And if my man's is not doing it On the first night And he's going straight into Alif Lamim then, And then on the The 29th night Where Which we all know Is kids night Yeah Everybody knows that you give that to the kids and they'll have a mess about. You know what I mean? They'll do a little bit of Watin Waze and prayers all done in 10, 20 minutes. That's when you might want to try a few you know, funky moves where I recite Fatiha again as a surah and say Allah Akbar. You know what I mean? I get that. I think that's the answer to the question. In fact, I think that was a genius answer. Well done. <laughs> yeah. And then recite Fatiha again. Yeah. And then go to Islam. That's what his Mulvi did. No, he didn't know in the first. Of course, he didn't do it on the first night because he knows that's wrong. Huh? Um, so this is what I was saying that if he does it believing that that is the restarting of Quran, it's not a major issue. Because he could believe that. Because look, look, it's about it's about form. It's about substance of form. No. No, no, but that's what it is. That's exactly what we're talking about. Do you believe that to complete the Quran? Is to actually complete the Quran or to think that you have to complete the Quran? You see, if because it's the first, because the Fatiha is from the Quran, so you've done it. It's what? Okay, right. But is it not the beginning of the Quran? So that's the whole. That's the whole point. It's not actually even a considered view amongst the scholars. But if a person did it, he's, his own ishtihad, his own ishtihad, not, not one of the imams, not one of the salaf, not narrated from the companions, not narrated from tabi'een, it is, it is not a, a classical opinion. A person does it, then he, as, and as, as you've just seen it, we can prove it. He didn't do it when it mattered, okay? Maybe Which is... Maybe, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he does do it that fast. But when it actually mattered, when he was actually doing the khatam that he so desperately wants to do, he didn't do it, surprise, surprise. And when he's actually doing the fake khatam, which is, oh, let me show these people that I've started. By the way, I'll tell you why it's fake. I'll tell you why it's fake khatam. Because he recites Fatiha again, and recites yani, half a page of Alif Lamim, and then next time round he starts again at Fatiha. That's a fake khatam right there. Okay, he'll explain to you, don't worry. He'll, 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 Uthman, Uthman, believe me, he'll explain to you. And these two statements, Uthman will explain to you. What is a khatam? And did he finish, did he do a, a, a khatam on the second time? When he restarts it. Oh, listen, he'll explain to you. You're not getting it, right? So he'll explain, he'll explain to you. Explain to Lala
that's the same as being told that you must wear a hat, that you must wear whatever. It's good practice to get into. If you miss one, you miss it the next one as well. Huh? Oh, you mean like in the two rakah prayer? No, so I'm saying if, if I'm... Adab, yeah. Oh, you mean like uh, in terms of order? Yeah, pure adab. Because exactly what he said, if you miss two, then that is... You're not missing that one. Exactly, exactly. What about two? No, 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 that's enough. I've had enough, enough. Toba. Toba from your bakwa, Sarah. Kasma can't it. Right, go on, Hamza. Yeah. Sick. You read and you let it quietly. Ask whatever to kick off. Uh-huh. And the guy goes, No, I can read quietly. I just didn't want to, I'm not confident, so I didn't want to read it out loud. Sick out. guy. And then, you know, do pray again, not pray again. So, what did you do, Lala? I think we just argued about it until the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that, so that, that is the classic. I mean, him not doing that out loud, I mean, that's a bit messed up. Intentionally. Yeah, that, that was his mistake. He, but I mean, the prayer is valid. The prayer is valid because it's not a condition of the prayer that he has to say it out loud. Oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. Right, any questions? You guys know? Yep, Arif, yep. Yeah, no, no, not, not just. Obviously. The seeking of istighfar and ta'awwud, protection from the fire, whilst reciting a verse about the fire, is obviously going to be in the surah of the prayer. And it has only happened, or it has happened most of the time, in the sunnah prayers. But by our principle that we said today, this is something which is allowed in the obligatory prayers as well, unless there's an evidence which prohibits it, and there isn't. And so therefore a person is allowed to do that. Yeah? Right. Even if the, how do you balance between going too far and being negligent? I don't know. I think that this is something which people kind of generally, you know, they, they, they generally kind of work out themselves. It's difficult. Even if the first fatiha was done quietly as a mistake, it is still valid. Correct. I don't understand how permission to repeat for a recommendation is allowed as an exception. Hello. when what had been done was still a valid action. So that, you've answered your own question. It's about validity versus recommendation. Okay, they want to do which is what is recommended. It's recommended to say out loud, they missed it, they want to go back and do what is read out loud. They didn't want what was valid, they want it recommended. Okay, so you've answered actually your own question. The second point doesn't make sense in Arabic regarding what is ja'iz in fard is wajib in nafil. Could you please explain with further example? This is a good point, Rehan. He's right. In the text, what the Sheikh is basically saying is that whatever is permissible in the nafil is obligatory to do. Uh, what is, sorry, what is, obligatory, what is uh, permissible in fard is obligatory in nafil. What he basically means by that is that the Prophet ﷺ said, pray as you have seen me pray. So whatever occurs in the fard is to occur in nafil. That's his intention. I know that he doesn't say that, but that's something which is uh, thinking. Uh, one of my teachers said, Ayatul Dain can be split as long as nothing is skipped from the middle. Another one said, no, please weigh in. That's very difficult. That's really difficult. I mean, for me, obviously, from my point of view, I'm super liberal on that issue because I do not consider it obligatory to recite Quran in the 
uh, Salah after the Fatiha. So for me, whether you do it or not is not a major issue. But there's no doubt that the vast majority of scholars consider one ayah to be a condition of having recited. And half an ayah has never been considered that. So whoever's giving that opinion is definitely making ijtihad and it's a risky one. I won't reject it, but they're using their aqal more than the actual text. They're saying it's longer. Half an ayah is longer than most of the, uh, you know, three, four ayats. And that's just an aqli argument, not one which is textual. So Allah knows best. Allah knows best. One of our volunteers who lives in the Philippines, there's a question, but it is the middle of the night and she can't attend live, so I'm asking for her. It's off topic. Yeah, we can do the off topic ones now. What are the rulings for a female who wears a niqab when, do, when doing tawaf? This is impermissible. This is haram. And she has to pay a dam. Okay, she has to pay the sacrifice for that. In when during tawaf. Oh, so yeah, I'm assuming she means uh, thingy. Hajj and Umrah, yeah. I mean, she's just, if it's just literally saying what it says there, just during nafal tawaf, which is thingy, then that's permissible. As for the one which is in hajj, she's not in ihram. The difference, of course, is that the niqab is not allowed in ihram. But when you're doing a tawaf normal, you are not in ihram. You only need wudu. So you are allowed to wear your niqab. Yeah. But if it's in hajj or umrah, the actual act, then that means you are in ihram. And in ihram, it's not permissible for a person to cover their face. Um, also, is it okay to take pills so you don't menstruate during the trip? Yes, that is permissible. Okay. In regards to repetition and the principle that we shouldn't be silent in salah, does the same apply to dua after tashahud? Just say if you only know a few dua and are praying in jama'ah. Uh, no, because this is an open part of the prayer and the repetition is part of the prayer and making dua is part of it. So that's something which is, uh, 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 this is not the same. Okay. Uh, last week my question was not about cooking. It was whether it's inaccessible enough to leave the filled dinner plates a few meters away from us while we pray, even though we are hungry. So I just, if not, what should we do other than delaying cooking so that the food is not ready to eat at Salah time? This is what I didn't understand. I'm sure I said that last week. Why is it being taken from the cook to the... To the you see, the problem is I can't say too much because I've never cooked a meal in my life. Yeah. Dr. Sam? Uthman is saying, answer this question because you, know, you do all the cooking at home. Allah. Are you gone yet? Say Qasam. Papa sauce, there's no Vajir around. Double zero on point, bro. I'll have that boy on speed dial. Allah. So I'd listen, Solange, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't understand what cook I did actually answer this last week, how how I understood your question. Even if it's still in the pot, it's ready, accessible, desirable. Good. That's fine. Okay. Actually, she's already answered that question. No, so this is the point here. That's her question. She's saying, what is here and what's there? That's her point. But the thing is, is that as she just said, the food is ready in the pot. No, so then what's the difference? If it's in the pot or not in the pot, the food is available, isn't it? 
But you know it, you cooked it. Yeah, she's saying, is that the only expression of this? But what if my girl, what if my girl cooks it in the pot, knows it's ready, likes it, and... So maybe she is doing the MasterChef style. MasterChef Master style. Yeah, you see, Solange, the truth is, is that you've made it more complicated than we can handle because we're simple people. Our food is ready 24-7. Yeah, and we just dole it out of the curry, and that's it. And we put it in the microwave, it's ready. Whereas it sounds like that you're making yani, the full, yani, you know, two, two, two piece, yani, three piece with a soda. <laughs> No, no, Baji's all right, Yara. But you know what? Yani, she's got something. Uh, Solange, why are you remembering? <laughs> I've lost my appetite. <laughs> Solange, we're sorry, man. You know that she's like, you know, I think she's... Why are you, Solange? Are you French? French uh, something? She's, you know, she's probably a proper, proper chef, bro. She's not messing about. She's not an alpaki, bro. I'll tell you right now. Baby carrots. Baby carrots, bit of cutlets, that, whatever. If it's not eaten there and then. I'll give you fatwa anyway, to be honest, Solange, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where are we now? Sargoda Lala is here. Ijlal is saying, Asalaamu Alaikum, Sheikh Sargoda Lala is here. Huh? Is it? Yeah, yeah. He's all right, yeah. He's there. He's on, if he's online, he's all right, isn't he? Okay. Chief gives you salam. Right, name. How do we cal calculate salam time when you are in the flight? Some, can I just say, by the way, because these questions are going on, and I have no problem. Okay, but I just want to make it clear that if you lazy packies don't vote tomorrow, I'm going to absolutely go mental. Because I can see a whole load of you like, oh man, it's raining. <laughs> I can see it. I swear I can see it. Now, there's two ways of looking at this. Because I was thinking about this earlier on, right? Now, the conservatives, they're terrified of all the millennials and Generation X probably up until whatever, I don't know. Yeah. Because they're the ones that, you know, are going to swing this election. At the same time, they're probably worried that they'll, they're, 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 it's too cold for them to come out. The ones that are going to vote for conservatives. The old racist, white, yani, you know, subclass. I want to say that those lot are the committed, yani, war veterans that are going to come out. Rain, hail, snow, they're going to come out. And I fought for this, yeah? And they're going to queue up and they're going to flip and vote. And I think that these packies who spend half the day in flipping bed, they're going to have one look outside and say, where is the app? Why can't I vote on an app? It's a fair question, but because I was asking that myself when I was driving down, but I'm not going to do that behavior, am I? And I'm still going to turn up and vote. Custom, huh? I'm, I'm not joking. I can, I'm, I, I'm, I'm genuinely scared that these millennials are going to say, where's the app version? There's no way I'm going out and standing. They've never stood outside for anything. They've never been outside. No, no, I'm saying that there's people who haven't got the postal vote. Like, <coughs> muggins there. Exactly from 
we got to have some kind of way of motivating these people. Anyway, I'm just saying that it's cold, it's whatever, but go and vote. And if here Lib Dems definitely, hundred percent in Cheadle. She said, "That's like Dr. Abid is gonna kill you." Ya Allah. Yeah, our besties, Dr. Abbas said that your best is going to be done in 2010. Like it, your best is going to be done now like it got done in 2010. I don't know. What happened in 2010? Oh, the coalition, whatever, whatnot. We'll take coalition over that dog. With coalition every day of the week over. Don't yeah, make me swear in the masjid, man. But anyway. Coalition over him, over him. Anyway, obviously there are people from different places. So the point is, is go to remain. www. What was the what's the tactical website? No. No, no. It's tactical vote. Tactical vote. Yeah, tactical vote. All right. Wherever you are, but just make sure that you're either voting Labour or Lib Dem or Green Party in your particular area. There are certain areas, yeah. Oh, no, we'll take that. I'll take, I will a one hundred. You see, this is a difference between, uh, thingy, by the way. This is a difference between me. No, this is a difference between, I about to say difference between me and you. This is a difference between the new me and me. Now, the new me says, let them ban halal meat and we get all the rest of the covered. I'll take that. Because I am now a convert to Game Changers. What a sick program. It will blow your flipping mind when you watch that. Custom, go on Google, Game Changers, Netflix, all right? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess you up. That's the problem. If you're not ready to have your life ruined, don't watch it. The khulasa is that we've got, we are completely wrong about ghost. That there should be no ghost at all. That it's a complete lie that that protein is asal from uh, protein is from plants, and that the top athletes that think that you can't get along with the plant-based diet are actually killing it on a plant-based diet. All levels, sprinters, marathon, uh, UFC fighters, yani, uh, uh, boxers, yani every single person going on to plant-based. is a pagal bro. Boy, me forget him, yara, bro. Yes. There, there is some truth to it. There is some truth to it, but, but the only reason is because the actual farming industry is so perverse that eating the meat from uh, battery hens, uh, battery broiler hens, uh, force-fed this, you know, you can't farm that, you can't farm this, actually poisons the body so much so that it affects the joints. So that's the only reason why. If you were to eat wild food, absolutely no problem. Buffalo. Yeah, buffalo. If you were to eat wild food, the game changers wouldn't have a chance. Maybe. But I know that I'm not getting wild food, and I know that I'm not doing a game changers either, but at least I'll talk about it, innit? you know what I mean? At least we can speak a good game. My guys spoke the truth. Yeah. Buffalo. Sir, late, 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 late
It's going later. On. All right. Anything is? Are we done? Any remaining questions? Yeah. Okay. What do you mean too many? Guys, it's getting late. All right. It's getting late. We're gonna have to now start putting it to the next uh, next one. Make sure we repeat them next week because it's very very late. Zakmullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka. Allahumma wa atubu ilaik wa salam alaikum wa rahmatullah.